and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie and I am here with our, are you hormonal or are you not hormonal? Girl, Elise. <laughs> Who knows? It's a, what do they say? Flip of a coin. Either, either way, we're not sure. Someone's um, been on a hormone roller coaster and it's been quite a ride. I cannot even tell you that it's, it's literally like I'm a different personality and a different human being. Oh, you, you don't have to tell me. I no, am I know. quite aware. <laughs> Poor Callie. I literally, <laughs> she's on the receiving end of all of my meltdowns. And I'm like, I, I want to inject it. you with Prozac right now. And then the next day you're like, Hey girl, <laughs> literally the past week I don't, I've so I didn't have, I haven't had a period since January and then was on a bunch of hormones for this test. And then my period didn't come like it was supposed to, because I'm very special. And so I had to go on medication to induce a period. And then I got the period from with hell. a vengeance. Yeah. She is here and she's not happy about it. And I had, I always get a migraine before I start my period, but I think because this period was weird, I had like four days of a migraine, which when I have a migraine, I'm already miserable Mm -hmm. and like the hormone fluctuations, it is so bizarre. It's literally like depression and anxiety and anger and hatred just consumes me. And then like I've bled for two days and I'm like, Hey guys, what's going on? How is everybody? Like, is it the sun's shining? We're all like rocking in a corner. (laughs) We're good. We just don't, we're fine. (laughs) Nothing to see here. I'm dead. Uh, That's so true. Poor Carl. He's like, is how is today a good day? It's not a good day. How can I support you? And I'm like, everything's great. Oh my God. But yesterday I was like, don't even fucking look at me. Yeah. (laughs) Don't breathe in my direction. You don't read my mind and do what I want before I even think it you're toast. You're done. Yep. Yep. That is me. So anybody out there struggling with hormone sensitivity, I absolutely validate you and it will pass. Just keep remembering. That's what Callie says. Every time I'm having a complete meltdown and existential crisis, she's like, you're going to start your period and then you're going to be fine. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't know that. I know. Cause you were like, I remember when you were like all about the woo woo castor oil. And I think we even talked about it on this podcast and you were we like, did. yeah, it's going to come tomorrow. And then I'm like, well, you're acting crazy, but normal. So like, I don't know if it is. And then when it finally was coming, I was like, it is nigh. I can feel her. She is furious. She is on the horizon. And you're like, no, I'm convinced it's not happening. And I'm like, this is what you wanted. And you're like, no, I can't be trusted when my period is coming. It's not me. It's just, I have a split personality. Yeah. So I guess the sparkle is if you turn into a raging biatch, just know that it's temporary. Woo! You're not alone. I also have a double sparkle. I have a double sparkle. Um, Last night was the third meeting of my group and it was 
fucking awesome. It was so cool. I had a guest speaker. We talked all about like clean, non-toxic living. And it was just like the energy and the connection and the vibe. And it was just so amazing. And so just shout out to all my peeps in my group. I love you and glad that you're there. Yeah, that's awesome. Very happy. And Amber's starting a group soon about career. So by the time this podcast is launched, you'll probably have a few days left to register. Mm -hmm. And so recap groups are $300. You meet for nine hours spaced out every other week and it's a steal. And this group, uh, Elise's group focuses on health, physical and mental health and kind of the intersection of it. But Amber's focuses on career. And a lot, what I like about her group specifically is it's not just about like starting your own business or entrepreneurs. Cause that tends to be a lot of career groups. Mm-hmm. This one is about, I mean, if you are an entrepreneur, I still think you can benefit, but a lot of it is about people who are currently in jobs and they need to figure out what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. So it's about now navigating where you're at right now. And then even if you decide to stay at said job in this group, she still tries to make sure that you're elevating and like, it's, I don't know, it's going to be really cool. So I think a lot of it is probably going to be like, okay, what are your next steps? Do you want to leave? Do you want to get promoted? Identifying Mm -hmm. that. And it's like very realistic advice instead of like, you can also build your dream job, which it's like, you can but it's hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you know, the cool thing about group counseling was actually one of my favorite classes, because I think that there's so much like energy and power and connection that goes into group coaching. Like not only are you getting education and you're learning about new things, but you're also being able to process with, you know, a professional and also have that community feeling, which I think that that is huge that like, you know, being able to feel validated and connecting with other people who are going through similar things helps you feel less alone. Because I think when you're struggling with an aspect of your life, it's really easy to feel like no one gets me. I'm all alone in this, especially if you're like immediate circle doesn't relate, you know? And so I think that being in an environment where you not only have like a professional being able to support you and hold space for you and lead the conversation and educate you on things, but then also being able to connect with like-minded people who are going through similar struggles. Like it's just like magical. You know, and you, you don't just get the perspective from your coach, but you also can get really interesting and creative ideas from other group members. And sometimes they're going to have the aha moment that you needed, uh, instead of, you know, the coach that you are expecting it from, not that Elisa or Amber aren't amazing. You're not, you're not going to get a million gems from them, but I like the idea of it being collaborative and it's not just you and a coach. And those are the only two ideas that you guys are going to get. And you're kind of going to bounce things off. Cause sometimes like, I know in my sessions, I'm not the expert on everything. So one of my clients actually is, <coughs> excuse me, doing the career group. Cause I was like, yeah, I don't think I know anything else. <laughs> like, I think I'm tapped out. So yeah. maybe you should, you know, and it's like, I'm not worried. I, I, I'm not that I'm not worried. I'm more really excited about what's, you know, her journey is going to be because she's going to get all of a sudden a million different perspectives. And so does just mine. That's like, you know, and that, that, 
I feel like new perspectives and just new environments can spark so much creativity and inspiration, you know, just like being in a different atmosphere and uh, different connections. Like, I think that that can totally spark change and new ideas. Agree. So if you're curious about Amber's group and you're a little bit stuck in your career, I think, I don't know, you should go check it out. We've got, I think it's in our link tree, right? On the blush Instagram. And then if you're on our mailing list, uh, I'm sending out tons of emails about it. So you should, you probably already know what we're talking about if you're an avid follower, but if you're not go check out our Instagram account, which is just at join blush. Um, okay. My quick sparkle. So as you know, I am on the HOA board of my building and just to like, let you guys know when we bought our condo, it was a piece of shit and it was a in a piece of shit building. And I say this to anyone who will listen. And I say this to like people who live here because it is totally true. Like this con, like I remember when I moved in, I don't know if I told the story before, like the bathrooms were probably original from 1970. Cause that's when our building, like our building was actually built by Jerry bus. I think that's his name who like owned the Lakers way back in the day. And it was supposed to be like the luxurious, uh, it was like apartments and we had like a doorman. It was super nice. And then they converted to condos and then everything went downhill. So, so our bathrooms had not been redone since 19. Like, I think they were original. And when we moved in, I, we like waived inspection. Cause I was like, I'm not paying someone a thousand dollars to tell me I'm buying a piece of shit. Like I'm fully aware. Thank you. And I opened up, you know, like built-in laundry like mm-hmm. things, you know, like shoot, not shoots, but like the, you like pull them out like cabinetry. There were clothes in it mm. like from the previous day. Oh my! <laughs> like it was so gross. And the building was not much better. Like it was nasty. Like the hallways looked like the shining. Our gym was just like a room where people would donate old exercise equipment. Like it was pathetic. And I mean, I just can't even explain our roof was so nasty that it would cause $60,000 worth of damage on average per year. Let that sink in. What? Yes. Which is why we couldn't. Okay. So when we moved in, we gave it like six months and then Andrew and I were like, okay, fuck this. So we joined the board, uh, forced our best friend, John to, to, to join as well, then started recruiting. So now we've got like all of our friends are on the board. When I say all, I mean, it's me and Andrew and then two other people. And we have completely changed this building. We got a new roof for free because we took out and we refinanced an existing shit loan and was able to reduce our interest rate so much that we only extended the loan by two years, which is nothing for a lower price and pulled out a hundred thousand dollars and got a new roof for the building without an assessment out raising dues. Then all of a sudden we had $60,000 a year to play with. Right? So we have a new rooftop deck. We have new laundry rooms. We have a new gym. We have new landscaping and we just got done finishing the hallways and they look, I mean, it looks like a New York hotel. Like they are stunning. And wouldn't you guess people are complaining. Of course. And mind you, one of the board members is a designer And so he designed like everything we helped pick out paint colors, but I mean, a designer on average would cost like 50 grand for someone to come in and like design all the hallways. Then we would need a general contractor, which our other, the same guy who's a designer basically managed the project as well, which costs so much money. So basically what I'm saying is like, we spent money on this, but it could have been so much more. And people have the nerve to complain because we went from amber lighting to cool lighting. It doesn't look like hospital by any means, but like 
the daylight would have made everything look yellow or green. And so we went, I mean, unbelievable. Like I, like, I just look at people and I'm like, where do you find the audacity to complain about people doing work for free? We don't get paid to do this. Mm -hmm. We do not get paid to do this. And like complain like rudely. Mm-hmm. Be like, how dare you? So one guy was like, I will pay for, for new light bulbs, but the HOA will pay for labor. And we're like, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane to me. And so I think I've said this before on this podcast, but my dad always told me, if don't complain unless you have a solution. I will admit that guy had a solution. He was like, I will pay for new light bulbs. So I'm adding to that free advice, which is do not complain without a solution or to people who work for free. Yeah. <laughs> if someone is doing this for free, shut your mouth. It's like the solution is you run for the board and you do all this bullshit work. Cause let me tell you, it's not fun, but I mean, there's plenty of people in the building who are like, Oh my God, this, and it is, it is a brand new building. Like it looks it's night and day. It's crazy. I, I, it's funny. I'm still used to saying like, Oh, it's like a dumpy building and people walk in and they're like, this is like a really nice building. I'm like, Oh my God, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> we've done a ton of work. We have like Pelotons and shit in our gym. That's awesome. I know. Yeah, you know, I think that people, there's just some people in the world who just like to purge their negativity and unhappiness on things that don't really matter. I mean, I just like, could not believe it. I was like, we are adults. And sometimes people make choices that you don't agree with. But in this case, it's not like you hired someone to do a job and then they didn't like execute. It's like, these are volunteers. I mean, just the audacity of grown aspect. And it's always the older people, mm-hmm. right? It's never the people in their thirties, forties and fifties. It's always people who that's like because, definitely know better. That's because old people don't like change. I feel like old people don't like, they feel out of control. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, you've got a family. You're going to like give this property to someone one day and it's going to be worth way more than it was if we didn't do all this. I guess not everyone sees it like that, but I fucking do. So (laughs) anyway, do not bitch to people who work for free. It is not becoming. Mm. All right. Let's, 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 let's move on. Let's give some good advice. Let's give some good advice. Okay. Wait, what are we talking about? career. Yeah. In honor of Amber's group, we selected two career-esque letters to, um, jazz her up, but also because I felt like these two letters really complemented each other. Yeah. you think? Okay, cool. I do. Let's do the first one. Okay. Hi, Callie and Elise. I recently started a new job and need some help with my coworker. She, oh, I love this. This is like a little description. Um, 35 ish and a female has been with the company for a few years and has a great deal more experience than I do. Our letter writer is 26 and she's a female. However, um, I, however, have more degrees than her. I say this for context, not to bitchly flex. There's nothing I love wrong with that. I you love can it. brag all day about them degrees. Okay. We're here yeah. for it. I am making about 15 K more than she is, which we both found out while she was teaching me to create proposal budgets. Since this discovery, she barely speaks to me. She cuts me out of work projects. And when I've tried to chat with her, she shuts me down with a look. Mm -hmm. I know we don't have to be best friends, but we do have to get along for me to properly do my job. I'm not confrontational, but I'm at a point where I feel like screaming. It's not my fault. Grow the fuck up and stop talking. taking this out on me help. How do I deal with her? How do I deal with her without flipping out? 
thank you in advance from my coworker hates me. Sorry. I like totally butchered half that letter. I apologize to my coworker hates me because it is a great one. No, I okay. love it. <clears throat> Let's get ready. Okay. So I want to circle back to, you never have to apologize for bragging about your accomplishments, at least not to us. Mm-hmm. I love that you are a smart and educated woman. Um, I'm just going to start by saying that I love it when people are open about salaries, especially people who work at the same company, because it is actually really empowering. If there is a culture of secrecy, um, amongst like how, what people make and what people are paid for certain jobs, then you never know really what you're worth or what you can, you know, um, negotiate for because comparison helps understanding that person X in this position makes 60 K, but person Y in a very similar position makes 80 K. I mean, especially if those people are different genders, that's a red flag. And you're kind of like, why is this person being paid more here? It seems like you're being paid 15 K more because you have maybe better education. Um, and perhaps this other woman who's worked there for longer or has more experience doesn't. And so that's what the company values, which is another indicator of their values. Okay. So they pay more for degrees. Good to know. But I actually feel like what you did was give a gift to this woman, because if she thinks she's worth more and she thinks she does as good of a job as you do, that's none of your business, but it is up to her to go and negotiate that. And now she has leverage. Now she has information that she didn't before. And she can go have a tough conversation with her boss and say, Hey, you know, this isn't about other coworker, but I know that I could be making more here. Mm -hmm. So let's have this conversation. And she didn't have that knowledge before, you know, the transparency happened between the two of you. It sucks that she's taking this out on you. This is very much giving me vibes of like getting mad at the mistress and not the Mm -hmm. husband. Yes. Right. Like why do we go for the people that are less at fault? Like, it's not this, you know, it's not my coworker hates me fault that she's making more. She wasn't like, Hey, let me make 15 K more than that bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing to do with her. So but I just wanted to start out by saying, I think we should all, everyone included, including the coworker, which I know she didn't write this letter, but reframe this as a positive interaction. Like, damn, she is now armed with knowledge she didn't have before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you going to be like okay. a smoker today? What in the world? Oh, yeah. I mean, I sense some jealousy coming, obviously, from the person. No way. <laughs> But, and you know, I have a nugget of wisdom, which I actually shared with one of my clients, you know, when you just like, it comes, it rolls off the tongue and then you're like, damn, that was actually pretty fucking good. (laughs) I had one of those this week and it was about jealousy and comparison. And the way that I kind of break it down is that like everybody on some level, like compares your life and, you know, comparison isn't necessarily detrimental unless you feel less than or you know, have some sort of critical thought about yourself or your life after comparing yourself to some, someone else. And so I think that from comparison, you either admire someone for what they do and that, that admiration then creates like inspiration, right? Like for your perspective of if she, you know, had this comparison to the letter writer admired that she was, you know, 
making more money and then use that as a source of inspiration to then go have hard conversations with her boss or whatever to advocate for herself to be making more, that would be admiration. And the difference between admiration and jealousy is that jealousy, I think you do the same thing, but you have self-doubt about your ability to get to the same place that that other person is in, right? So I think that if this person who is, you know, the coworker, the jealous one, like if she actually had like a strong sense of self or confidence in her ability to make more, I think that she probably wouldn't be being an asshole to the letter writer, right? But Mm -hmm. because she probably maybe doubts herself, doubts her ability to be able to make more, um, you know, like it sounds like comparing the salaries made her internalize of like, okay, well, I'm not good enough. And therefore I'm going to project all of that anger and frustration and jealousy out on the letter writer. Oh yeah. I mean, she had to create a villain in her narrative and and she didn't want leadership to be the villain for some reason. So she decided to put it all on this girl, which is again, wildly unfair. I'm, I don't know what's going on. It's like, (laughs) Glem is anytime I talk, it's like, no, Allergies are allergies are flaring. So it's, it's not probably, even allergies. No? It's just like it's bullshit, is what it is. It's not even allergies. <laughs> so and I don't have a water next to me, and I have this like old ass gross coffee. Okay, so I think at this point, okay, and by the way, saying I'm not confrontational, like I can name like a few people who are actually confrontational, right? I think the majority of us are probably not. Because like who loves confrontation? No one. Andrew does. Carl does. Yeah. So like, okay, like good for them, but like most people don't. So I don't think I would take the bait and start treating her the way she's been treating you. It's so easy to do that. And I, I, trust me, if I were you, I probably would have already snapped, but do as I say, not as I do. So I think what needs to happen is you need to have a conversation with her where again, you flip the script and you kind of say, look, I can tell that us being transparent about our salaries wasn't maybe the easiest thing to hear, but you now have information that you didn't before. And if I were you, I'd use that to my advantage. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're not happy making this amount, like you now have some sort of, you know, I guess armored to to go so annoying to go talk to someone about it. Yeah. And you know, I, I support that. And like, I think you should go talk to someone about it and see what can be done. Um, but like, I'm all for transparency and like, I, again, I'm sorry that that created tension between us, but like, I think you should advocate for yourself. And then all of a sudden it becomes a dynamic of you're a supporter of hers instead of you're her enemy. It Mm -hmm. might work. It might not. I, I have no idea the emotional intelligence or maturity of this woman. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I wish it, I hope that it's a good amount and she's just feeling really insecure and upset and just let it manifest and, you know, didn't really check herself, but there's a chance this is too far gone and she's just going to be difficult. And in that sense, unfortunately, that's when you get HR involved right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't say, let's take it outside. <laughs> right? Yeah. You try having a productive conversation with her where you reframe, you encourage her to go advocate for herself. If that doesn't work, then you have to talk to your manager. You have to talk to HR, you get other people involved and you document. Mm-hmm. Okay. You document 
every single time you feel edged out, you document any time that you feel like you can't do your job properly. As you said, like you have a running list because documentation is the only way that action is taken. It can't be a, she said, she said, well, we weren't there act like adults. Like you have to have an actual ledger of like on this day, at this time, this happened on this day, at this time, this happened, save emails, like do what you can to create a case for yourself, not to get her fired, but just to show like, Hey, this is what's happening. And it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm okay. sure that interferes with her ability to do her own job, right. When there's tension and clearly drama, but I think, you know, her question, how do I deal with her without flipping out? I think Callie's conversation and how you go about that is amazing. But the longer that you wait to have that conversation, the more frustrated and the more angst you're going to have. And then if you wait until the straw that breaks the camel's back, you're not going to be able to communicate in the way that Callie just did very nicely and and very smoothly. You know, I feel like the longer that you wait, it's just going to be you're more likely to snap. Oh yeah. I mean, ideally it should have happened whenever the cat was out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think a lot of people have that mindset and it's probably harder to have it when you do work for a company because you're, you're in the fishbowl and, you know, company culture is so important. And if there is, if the company does have a culture of secrecy, it's not going to be written on like the memo board, but like, it's a thing, right? And I just realized she recently started a new job. So she's new at this company. So Mm -hmm. then you have to think of and consider the seniority aspect too, right? It's like this girl who's been there for longer is making less money than this in her eyes, like newbie coming in, you know, younger than her right out of college, making more money, you know? So I mean, the easiest way to get a raise is to get a new job. Yeah called failing upwards. Not that you're failing upwards miss with all your degrees, but I mean, it's true. The easiest, the the hardest thing to do is to get promoted. The easiest thing to do is to be like peace and then go negotiate a new salary at a different job. Mm -hmm. Like, so it doesn't surprise me that this 26 year old is making more, especially when she has the credentials to prove it. It Mm -hmm. just means this 35 year old either needs to be like, shit, the market's hot. I can go work somewhere else, or I'm going to go have a tough conversation with my boss, but she should be grateful to be honest, that this 26 year old was, even if it was a mistake. I mean, I'm just a huge advocate of being transparent about money so that other people can have the correct information to go advocate for themselves. But I think that that's the problem with society today is people just complain about, you know, they just want to like complain about their situation, but not make any changes about it. You know? Yeah. You mean like people who complain about the light temperature (laughs) always but don't run for the board. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, exactly. But that's the thing. It's like this person who's been there for longer, like, okay, like scammers, for instance, I get targeted by scammers all the time. It's like you put so much fucking effort into this scam when you could put that exact same fucking energy into getting a goddamn job. It's like, that doesn't make sense to me. And it's like the same thing. It's like, you're putting all of your energy into creating this toxic negative space for yourself and for your coworker and for all the people around you. When why don't you utilize that energy and put it forth towards actually making a change in your life? That's like, the most frustrating thing. Elise, have you considered that she might be on her period? (laughs) (laughs) Touche. I'm just kidding.
kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, look, we would have a ton of advice for your coworker, but again, she's not the one writing in. So for you, my coworker hates me. I really do think the only two things you can do is like clear the air as much as you can reframe, turn this into an opportunity instead of a setback. Um, even like, I wouldn't even hate it if you like gave her tips, be like, this is what I did. You know, like I went from this job to this job. I expected an increase at this much, like, you know, becoming in cahoots with someone who's not doing well, it only helps you. Honestly, I'm not saying that you need to be like, you know, attached to the hip, but being an advocate for others can be a really powerful role, especially at a job, because then everyone looks at you like you're a friend and you're not a foe. And right now having enemies at work sucks, especially at a new job. Um, and it's just going to create, it's not worth it is what I'm saying. So the goal is for you to be the bigger person. And yes, we will admit you are definitely the bigger person by mile. And then if that doesn't get you anywhere again, just document and make sure that you are covering your own ass. Cause you have done nothing wrong here, nothing. And it's a shame that this woman isn't seeing the opportunity that was just given to her. But again, like you can't change her mind. So, um, yeah, open conversation, documentation perhaps a conversation with your manager after the conversation, if it escalates and it doesn't go well, that's what I would do. And then if all else fails, you can get a new job and make 15 K more. There we go. Love it. Keep, keep making that money. Um, okay. I hope this was helpful. Elise, do you have any thoughts? No, no. Oh, and then, um, save all of that. It's not my fault. Grow, grow the fuck up and stop taking this out on me for like friends after work, mm-hmm. you know, don't say that at work, but you can definitely say it to us and to anyone else you want to. Cause it's true. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Second letter. Dear blush. I was hoping you two could figure out a tough career decision. Currently I'm in marketing at a really well-respected company. Cool. I'm not as far advanced as I like to be. And in fact, the promotion I'd been gutting for just went to someone slightly more experienced. It hurt and I was contemplating leaving for a little bit. Recently, I came across a better job that pays slightly better, but the company isn't nearly as respected. So while it would be a title bump and a pay bump, I can't tell if overall it would be a setback. I trust the leadership at my company and my current boss says my promotion is just around the corner. They usually make good on their word, but I'm feeling antsy. I don't want to make an impulsive decision, but I'm also ready for a bigger job and better pay. What should I do from the grass is greener? What do you think, Elise? I feel like these situations always get in my, like when I'm in situations like this, I always get in my head because it's like in your mind, there feels like there's a right decision. And I think that whenever I get into that headspace, like sometimes there's not like the right decision and the wrong decision. I think being able to approach any sort of decision-making with really analyzing like the consequence of each decision and which one aligns with your values and your goals best is usually the best way to approach it. But just in re like my first thoughts on this is if you feel like, I mean, it sounds like a promotion is coming right around the corner. And if she says that she trusts her boss in that, then, you know, I would say stay a little longer and stick it out. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't seem like there wouldn't be other opportunities if later down the road, she wanted to move, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I would probably go for that other job and then really, (laughs) well, and then when she gets the offer, come back to her boss and be like, 
Oh, what you gonna do about it? Use it as leverage. Oh, right. shit, that's good. Because she doesn't have to take it. Like if she gets the other job and then she can always decline it. I mean, right. Emily just declined this bomb job because they weren't going to pay her enough. And she was like, oh, that's cute. And now, by the way, they are like coming for her, meaning like calling her, emailing her, trying to get her to take this job. And she's like, no, like you wasted my time and you're not paying me enough. So it's like people forget that if you get an offer, you don't have to take it. Yeah. So even true. if she decided that it's not worth risking the quote prestige maybe of her resume, cause that's really all this is. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think the concern is if you go to a company that's less respected, then it's like, why did you leave this amazing place for this one? And can you get back on track? Mm-hmm. I don't really know how important that is. I would think that title and pay grade is like the most important thing. Cause that's your quality of life. But I also get that this is a long game sounds Mm -hmm. like it. So I don't really want to put ideas in your head. If, if I'm not familiar with industry and and the politics of it, I get it. Uh, yeah. Even, even then, if she used it as leverage, then she should, then she could come back to her current boss and be like, I want a title change and that promotion, please. And thank you. Right. Fast track it. I mean, yeah. Companies have more flexibility than they say. Like most big companies are like, here's your review and you're only up for a raise at this point. And it's like, okay, that might be true. Like maybe raises are given out in February of every year. I don't know. But what if you had a guarantee in writing that come February, it was going to happen. Would that make you feel better? Mm. Well, accepting or, you know, getting another offer and forcing the hand Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Why does that stress? That stresses me out. That idea of like playing, like playing the system. Well, it it might not be a, it might not be a play though. She might get far enough in the interview process of the other company to be like, damn, this actually isn't a setback at all. Yeah. I like it. You know what? I'm going to take it because the thing about it is while they're saying it's you, it's going to be you. She had the opportunity and they didn't give it to her, Mm -hmm. which I don't like. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that this other person wasn't qualified and there's nothing in here that says they weren't right. No, no. Slightly more experienced. So actually it kind of seems like someone else might have been maybe slightly more deserving and then it's just not her turn yet. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm not saying this is like a lot of times in these letters, we're like, what are you doing? Leave. Actually don't leave. Run. Like run away. This is not one of those situations at all. If you decided I'm going to stay and wait it out, I don't think that would be a quote bad decision, especially if you do trust leadership. I'm just a big proponent of only trust yourself. Yeah. And I also, you know, she says, I don't want to make an impulsive decision, which makes me wonder, like, are you someone who typically makes impulsive decisions? Mm -hmm. And if you are, maybe give yourself some time. Time is of the essence right? Like anytime we're faced with a decision, I think, especially if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, me, it feels like you have to make a decision right there, right then. And if you kind of like put it aside and you sleep on it, like I used to be the most people pleasy person in the world. And if someone, and I know that about me, I still have tendencies to do that. So anytime someone asks something of me, I always like say, okay, give me some time. Like, let me let you know. Right. Because then that gives me a way to get away from that people pleasing tendency and actually 
think about it with more clarity and see if it aligns with what I want to do. So if you are someone who tends to make impulsive decisions, maybe just give yourself permission to like take time and, and really consider all your options. Maybe there's a third option here that we're not even thinking about, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm a big, uh, advocate for exploring all options and then making a choice. So like a lot of times my clients will be like, well, I just can't tell if I'm going to like this job and I don't know what the salary is. And I don't know this. And it's like, if they have time one post the damn salary people, it sounds like this job did thank God. But like, that just drives me crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. come on. If it's like, you know, whatever. So, oh my gosh, Emily had to go to an eight hour. I'm not exaggerating eight hour interview for this job. And then they told her how much they would pay her. No. Yeah. Like I get like, I don't know if it's an easy application, like doing that. And then like finding out in the first, like, that's what we do on blush. Like, it's like, okay, we're going to talk to you and tell you, and we're not going to waste your time. It's like, you've spent all of five minutes and then, okay. But I mean, a huge ass interview and like not even telling me that's, it's so common. Like, I can't even explain to you how common it is. It's crazy. But if my clients have time on their hands and they are really not, maybe not desperate, but, uh, locked into leaving, I'll usually say, what's the worst that can happen mm-hmm. if you just go and meet with someone, because you're not going to know, like, I can't tell overall if it would be a setback. You're right. Because it sounds like you haven't even met with this company. Mm-hmm. You just know the reputation and that might be twinged by your own personal bias or by a friend or by someone else. Like, is your opinion of this other company reality? Mm -hmm. Is your opinion going to change if you meet with people there and realize, oh my God, this place sucks or, oh my God, this place is amazing. I just, I'm a big advocate of like exploring and getting all the information that you can and putting it on the table and then knowing, because to me, it just sounds like you just don't know enough. You don't know when this promotion is coming. You don't know what the pay grade is going to be. You don't know anything or enough about this other company, other job. You know how much it pays, which is good to know, but you, I just think we need more information. And then if it turns out that this other job is something that you could actually get, but you don't want, there's nothing wrong with letting your boss know, Hey, so-and-so wants me and they want to pay me this much. What are you going to do about it? Totally. And I would encourage them to consider more aspects of both opportunities than just the title and the pay, right? For me- I'm someone, (laughs) I'm someone who has to have fulfillment and truly enjoy what I'm doing because if I don't, then I'm negative Nance. And we all know what negative Nance Elise is like, and she's not fun. So, right. I don't think that's a risk though, because she's already, it sounds like she's already established in her industry and she Like you get to a point where you kind of know the gist. I think it more comes down to the values of the company and the people, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. And like company culture and stuff too. Like I would much, much, much rather have like a group dynamic and everybody, you know, talks and gets along and eats lunch together versus like getting paid more in a sterile environment where everybody's locked in there. And people hate you for getting paid more. Yeah. Like (laughs) that sounds sad to like that, that, I mean, I I don't know. I just, I value a lot more than, 
your title or my pay. And that might just be a personal thing, but no. And I think that's why I'm saying go explore it because you only know two things that are definitely eye-catching and on paper seem like they could be life-changing, but you don't know enough. Yeah. You just don't. And so I guess what we're saying is you can't make this decision right now. Yeah. And you probably need to have like a more intense conversation with leadership that you trust. If you trust them, then why aren't they giving you specifics around the corner? It could be next year. It could be in a month. It could be in six months. Like how long are you willing to wait? Are you being paid under market? Like was this other person actually the right choice for this job? I don't know. These are some questions that you need to be asking yourself, need to be asking leadership. And then I, I just always think it's a good idea. Just like I was saying, transparency is really powerful in the first letter. I think transparency is powerful here too, to understand how do other companies work? How, mm-hmm. what are other company cultures like? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the job responsibilities? Like, what does it look like elsewhere? And that might actually help you decide, damn, I really don't want to leave this place. Like, even though they pay more and the title's nice, it's like that job's shit. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. And so it might actually solidify your choice to stay where you are. By the way, this is the exact shit that Amber's going to be walking everyone through. Mm -hmm. Like right here, how to make sharp decisions about your career. Yep. I really wonder what she'd say in this moment. Like, I wonder if she's listening and it's like, no, I I wish we could like (laughs) call people in. Should we call (laughs) FaceTime Amber right now? That'd be so funny if we got a letter and we're like, we're going to phone a friend. Yeah, we should do that. (laughs) I I actually don't know the answer to this one. Let's call someone. (laughs) That would be pretty funny. Okay. I hope that was helpful. The grass is greener. At least you have any thoughts? I do have a final thought. Even the way that she named herself, the grass is greener. Like if you recognize that you are someone who... (laughs) utilizes that mentality that the grass is always greener on the other side, then maybe take that into consideration also, you know, these subliminal messages in the submission I'm touching on. That is true. But remember 26 year old in the first letter who like started a new job and made 15 K more. There is something to be said about job hopping. It works. Uh, People don't want to hear that because they think that staying at a job for a certain amount of time shows loyalty. And it's like, you work your way up and that's the way to do it. Millennials don't play that game. I think mm-hmm. that I, I've said this on this podcast before the average millennial stays at a job for three years. And that includes like lifers, meaning most people are hopping around. And that's how so many people raise their pay is by going from job to job to job and refusing to take a pay cut. So I'm not saying that staying is the obvious idea, even with all this impulsive decision, the grass is greener. I get it. Yeah. There is something to be said. It works. Interviewing at other companies and taking other jobs works. Isn't this, isn't it so interesting how like so many things change generation? I know this is like, I'm going out on a tangent, but like just so many things change with different generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's all. I mean, boomers (laughs) would park it. They would park it. And it's like, you started at the front desk and you worked your way, yeah. hell, you would start in the mail room and yeah. then you'd work your way up to VP and you would buy a house for $30,000 and now it's worth 8 million. It's like, mm, cool. You know, that's just like the way it was. And now it's like, we have to fucking sing for our supper and have to be like scheming in order to make enough to buy an $800,000 house. Like 
it's just crazy, but like, yeah. we gotta do what we gotta do. I make no apologies. I didn't make the rules. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. This is what we were inherited. So we gotta do what we gotta do. Amen to that. Mm, okay. So you probably didn't make this decision any easier, <laughs> but hopefully we gave you a lot to think about. Yeah. This is just not one of those that we can answer because we don't have enough information and neither do you. Okay. So remember guys, if you are curious about your own career, you feel like you could be doing better. You're not sure if you should stay or go. You don't have the right networking techniques. You need to brush up on your politics. Maybe your resume is looking a little stale. I mean, that's the other thing is Amber does resume work. I hate resume work. I hate doing resumes. I hate looking at resumes. I just hate, my goal in life is to never have a resume. So the fact that she's doing that and she spends a whole session on it, yeah, that's awesome. Ooh, that's, that's some value. Yeah, some valuable stuff right there. Okay, so consider it. Uh, registration is going to close super soon. So if you're someone that you think you could benefit, I highly recommend securing a spot. You can find um, that link on our Instagram or, I mean, if you're on our mailing list, I'm sure I'm emailing you about it, but just go to at join blush on our Instagram and click on our link tree and you'll see it. So hopefully you will start with Amber soon. I think it starts on April 14th at like 6 PM central time. So, and also Amber's just like the best, like she's her energy level, like every video that she does. I'm like, I want to be her. I want to, I want, I want that. I want to be cool too. She started out in a career that it's not that she hated it. It just like clearly wasn't for her. And so she's done this. She has clawed her way out of something that she thought she was basically handcuffed to for life. And she fucking manifested what she wanted. Yeah, like she did. I, I respect the shit out of her. She put aspiring blush coach on her Instagram page. Like she made it happen, Captain. And if if you're someone who you know, needs that extra oomph and that extra push and that extra encouragement to get out of your comfort zone and make shit happen for yourself. Amber is your girl. Oh yeah. She's shameless. And we'll make sure you are too, which is something that I think we all could stand to learn from. So big, big props to her and you, you should really consider it. Uh, Next, if you have a question for the podcast, you can write into blush you at joinblush.com. We also have a submission page uh, on our like homepage. I think if you like go to the top and click podcast, you'll see it. So you can enter that uh, there as well. And then if you are interested in working with a coach and Amber also takes individual clients. So it's not like group is her only option to see her, but I just think group is really special because you get so many different perspectives. And like Elise said earlier, it's just like a pretty magical experience. But if you would prefer one-on-one, that's fine too. And you can use uh, promo code bless you in all caps for 25% off your first month. So yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, friends, we will see you next time. Bye.